Welcome to The State of Recruiting, a weekly podcast featuring the insights of Longhorn recruiting analyst Mike Roach and hosted by Bobby Burton. Roach offers unparalleled insights into recruiting on the 40 acres. Each week, he crisscrosses the state watching and talking to blue chip recruits. And I'm Bobby Burton, a 1992 Texas grad and one of the recruiting industry's founding fathers. I played a formative role in the creation of both 24-7 Sports and Rivals.com. The State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hook them. Mike, how you doing today, man? I'm good, Bobby. How are you? Good. Uh, so I just want to get right into it. So this week, this past weekend, Princely Umamalian and Josh Eaton took official visits to Oklahoma. Both are considered commitments to Texas as of today. Where do the things stand in that in those uh, with those two players? Yeah, so the early returns, and, and I think it's always important to note that coming right off of a visit, you know, things are always going to be at their hottest then. And it's, it, you know, if, if that prospect gets out of that, I, I would say like probably a week or a week and a half period um, where no change in his commitment status, I think then you can really truly start to gauge where that recruitment's going to go. Um, but with that said, I think that, um, you know, Texas uh, with Prince Uma Milan has nothing really to worry about right now. I was told he liked his Oklahoma visit, but indicated that he's still firmly committed to Texas. Um, now he still will take another visit to Texas A&M for the Alabama game from all I understand. And, uh, you know, that's something they'll have to sweat out. But for now, it doesn't sound like Oklahoma is any sort of threat. With Josh Eaton, it's a bit different. It sounds like uh, coming out of the weekend, there's a lot of confidence in Norman that Oklahoma can flip the the Texas commit, the, the corner from Aldine, uh, I'm sorry, Aldine MacArthur. Um, Eaton has a lot of family in the Oklahoma area. Uh, Oklahoma is, is picking um, – a lot of big, long, tall corners this year because I think they've been getting abused pretty regularly with, with smaller defensive backs. Um, and that's their pitch really this year is, is to big, long, tall guys. They can come in and play right away. So, you know, we'll see. Like I said, I, a source near Oklahoma told me it was a matter of, of when and not if. Uh, but like I said, once we get a week and a half, two weeks away from that, uh, from that official visit, that's when you can truly start to get a read on, on what a kid's doing. Gotcha. I watched both of them, uh, in preparation for the podcast today. I watched both of them on the film on huddle this morning and, uh, Uma Malian had, uh, some nice plays on, on defense. He stands up sometimes as a defensive end, but I'm guessing he's eventually a down defensive tackler end. And then, uh, uh, Eaton uh, actually made more plays on offense as a wide receiver in the film I saw. So uh, both of them look like uh, good prospects, and uh, we'll be following them from here on in. Uh, another thing that happened this past week, uh, Mike, that I want to touch on uh, is Tom Herman uh, gave a scholarship to Luke Brockemeyer. Luke is uh, the son of Blake Brockemeyer, former Texas All-American and first-round draft pick. Uh, of the Carolina Panthers, but Luke uh, had walked on to Texas after having scholarship offers, I think, from Rice and Oklahoma State and a couple others, and long story short, uh, he now has two brothers that are in the junior class uh, in high school, uh, Tommy and James, both offensive linemen who are considered uh, highly touted prospects. Uh, Does the scholarship, and his dad, Blake, is currently an offensive assistant at SMU. Uh, so with all of this 
stuff going on, what impact does the scholarship offer, if any, to Luke Brockmeyer in the scholarship acceptance of Luke Brockmeyer as a walk-on now have on Tommy and James Brockmeyer? Tommy, I think, considered one of the elite players in the entire country next year. It certainly has a little bit of, of power. It certainly helps um, a little bit. You know, I think having that security, um, knowing that that James is in the plans going forward. I'm sorry, that uh, Luke is in the plans going forward. Um, but, you know, I think that the boys are still going to do their own thing. And, and Tommy really likes a couple of other schools, namely Clemson, who just recently came in with an offer. You know, the schools that really are up there for me that they're going to be battling with are Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, Michigan, you know, those are probably the the four schools that are going to pose the biggest threat to Texas for both of those guys. Um, uh, for James, maybe Iowa would be in there as well. But I, I do think it helps a little bit. You know, at, at the end of the day, I, I actually I talk to Blake quite regularly. And, you know, what he told me was that, that more more so than just the money aspect of that. They were really happy for Luke because he was validated. He kind of bet on himself taking a walk-on role at Texas and 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 won, and that's what they're really excited for. And uh, he said the boys were really excited once once the news was out there. And so I think it'll help a little bit. I'm not sure it, it totally swings everything, you know, just into a into a lock uh, type of position. Gotcha. Last week the Texas had a bye, and the coaches were on the road. Uh, and uh, there were some interesting stops made. Tell me a, a little bit about where some of the assistants and even the head coach was at this past weekend. Yeah, so they got busy uh, during the bye week, and and like they always try to take advantage and recruit when they can. So um, I believe on Thursday, Tom Herman, uh, one of his first stops was to Bel Air Episcopal, uh, which is home of Donovan Jackson, who's a, a high four-star offensive tackle. Um, in the class in the of 2020, 2021. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, a 2021 offensive tackle in the Houston area from Bel Air Episcopal. Um, they saw him. Uh, Herman kind of did his helicopter around the games thing, so I believe they saw uh, Josh White uh, from from Side Creek. Uh, they saw a Troy O'Meara, the newest Texas commit uh, from Fort Ben Austin. They saw his game. Um, I believe Herman helicoptered over to go see Joshua Eaton, who we just previously mentioned. Um, so they kind of operated in Houston. Um, along with Herb Hand, who saw just about every big offensive line target in Houston. Uh, Corby Meekins was with Herman. Um, so, you know, they, they kind of did their thing in Houston while a couple of other offensive staff members went to Dallas. Uh, Tim Beck and, and Drew Maringer both were in Dallas. Uh, Beck saw a couple of underclassmen quarterback throw. Um, you know, he's, he's, Beck's in a, in a great position because he's got – uh, his 2020 quarterbacks locked down with Quentin Jackson and Hudson Card. He's got his 2021 quarterback committed with with Jalen Milrow. He can really go to work heavy on looking at 2022 guys. And, and that's kind of what he did. Two of the bigger names he saw uh, were Rockwall's uh, Braden Locke, uh, who's starting to really come on, picked up offers from SMU and uh, I believe Illinois recently. And then uh, Quinn Ewers, the South Lake Carroll quarterback, who I've had circled as, as a guy that's going to really explode and, and be a big-time national quarterback. Um, Beck went and saw him throw on Friday night and uh, actually saw enough to offer him afterwards. So, um, you know, he was he was able to uh, get a jump on, on 2022 quarterbacks. Uh, Drew Maringer was able to see some receivers in the Dallas area. 
including Keytron Jackson, a kid who just transferred from Lancaster to Royce City. Uh, an, an interesting looking kid, about 6'1", 190-ish, uh, has some get up and go, uh, kind of a straight line guy. And then uh, another guy named uh, uh, Hal Murphy at, uh, at Mansfield Summit, who's another big framed. I'm sorry, Hal Presley, not Hal Murphy. Um, another big framed, explosive guy. Uh, both uh, Beck and Maringer came to uh, see Quade Davis last week at the game I was at, um, and, and we'll, we can talk about that a little later. As far as other guys out on the road, Stan Drayton saw L.J. Johnson, the running back from Cy Fair in 2021, uh, that Texas is high on, um, and then traveled to Tucson to go see Bijan Robinson in action. Uh, Keely Ringo uh, was was a big priority for Jason Washington, who got out there to uh, Scottsdale to go see him play. Uh, Todd Orlando saw not only Josh White, he was spotted at the IMG game um, on Friday night by by one of our Florida guys. Um, and I've, I've still haven't been able to really determine who he was there to see. They didn't even know who, uh, you know, what linebackers or anything in that game would be of note. But um, we're still working on that. Uh, and then a couple of coaches stayed back at, at, at the school to to run practices and kind of be with the team. Gotcha. Let's 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 focus in on Josh White for a minute because it seems like he's becoming a big name in this recruiting class. Uh, Josh is a, a linebacker uh, that is committed to LSU, plays for Greg McKegg over at Cy Creek in the Houston area. But Texas continues its effort there and. We know that, that the Longhorns want to sign another linebacker in this recruiting class and, and have kind of zeroed in on, on Josh. What is it going to take for there to be any movement there? Is there a reason for Texas to have hope? Are they – is this a pipe dream? What, what are your thoughts there, Mike? I would say if you asked me to put a percentage on it, and I hate doing percentages, but I would probably put it like 30%, 35%. I think that they're obviously – in the race, he is listening, but it's still a lot of work to do to get him be able to get him. Because especially, I think they came into the year maybe banking on the fact that LSU could possibly have a down year, and that's something they could use. Obviously, that doesn't look like that's happening right now. Um, so, you know, I, they're really having to fight, going to have to fight against the fact that LSU is probably going to be one of the big name schools in the country, one of the uh, playoff contenders this season. Um, you know, for Texas, it's really a case of, you know, I, I have to be kind of fair in this aspect that I'll applaud them when they make a great early eval at Keaton Crawford. And I've got to I've got to knock them when they could have offered Josh uh, Joshua White pretty early and had him if they wanted him and, and they just didn't. So um, I think the timing of that uh, really hurt them and, and they're paying for it. I, I think. They're going to really have to get him to schedule an official visit and get on campus before I can feel better about their chances. Yeah, so that makes total sense. Um, you know, I, I, I want to mention this. I was actually doing some, uh, some of my, the fun part of my job. I was uh, watching huddle film of, of recruits this past week uh, and just kind of circling through the various commitments that Texas had. I got a chance to watch Quentin Johnston uh, from Temple uh, this past week, and, and he he had a couple of plays that uh, were just outstanding. He, he caught a, a curl and uh, made it made it into a touchdown. Made a couple guys miss. Uh, he is how big is he, Mike? I'd say about six four, one ninety ish. 
Boy, he he is long as the day is. I mean, he has got a lot of length to him and just looked fantastic. I also watched uh, Jaden Hullaby, which was interesting to me. Um, Hullaby was recruited as a tight end slash H-back prospect. Is that correct? Yeah, just kind of an offensive athlete. I think he could play a couple different positions, big slot, uh, H-back, a little running back if they need it. Gotcha. Wasn't he at Bishop Dunn prior to the start of the year? That's correct. And then he moved to Mansfield Timberview. Mm-hmm. Timber Creek. Oh, yeah, Timberview. Timberview. And, and long story short, he's playing quarterback for them now. I, I sat there and watched a whole game of him running nothing but uh, zone read stuff. And uh, he looked pretty darn good doing it. Yeah, I mean, he's. I saw him a couple of weeks ago and, and I was joking with him. I said, you know, with Hudson and Jaquindon, and now do we have to worry about you playing quarterback? And he was like, no, definitely not, because he threw like three interceptions in that game. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he works at the high school level for what they want to do, but he really just, um, you know, wants to be able to contribute offensively and, and play all over and kind of get the ball in his hands. Yeah, I felt, I, I didn't feel he like he was a quarterback by any stretch, but I felt like. Uh, Daryl Royal, the former Texas coach, used to always say that when he would go look at at uh, teams, one of the first things he would do is ask who your quarterback is because that's typically the best athlete on the team. And he would recruit a lot of those guys and move them to other positions. And uh, Hullaby is, is a some, somewhat similar to that. He's a little bit bigger than the, uh, your average quarterback, but uh, very impressive in my opinion as an overall athlete. Um Mike, where were you this past weekend? You mentioned Quay Davis at Skyline, and where are you going next week? Yeah, so I saw Quay Davis uh, play against um, at Skyline, play against Lake Highlands on Thursday night. That was a star-studded affair. Not only were Tim Beck and Drew Maringer out there, Illinois sent uh, Lovey or Lovey Smith came out there to represent Illinois. Uh, former Texas staffer Rashad Samples was out there for SMU. So uh, there were a lot of college coaches out to see that game, and what was a uh, I think pretty much a, a pretty wide bye week for a lot of teams, and one of the only Thursday good Thursday night games in the Dallas area. Um, Quay was, you know, the skyline really has problems getting him the ball. They don't have great quarterback play, but he still was able to manage about four catches for like 85 yards and a touchdown. Um, and one of them was just one, it was an incredible, you know, one handed and double coverage in the end zone, uh, touchdown that's kind of been all over social media. So, um, you know, it, he, he really put on a show that night. I really like that kid. I, you know, I think he's a Z receiver who can play outside. I'm really starting to buy into him as an H prospect that can play in the slot as well. I think he'll be dynamic in that way that they can kind of move him all over. He's just so quick and, and explosive in short area that he can make people miss um, really quickly on those screens. I think he's kind of built almost like Devin Duvernay, maybe a, a little bigger version of Devin Duvernay. So um, I think Texas has a, a really – uh, a really dynamic weapon that they can do a lot of things with in Quay Davis. Um, on Friday night, I went out to Tyler, uh, and I went to go see Tyler John Tyler play Texas High from Texarkana. Um, it was a, really a great chance to see uh, a Texas commit in Keaton Crawford from John Tyler and a Texas offer in Clayton Smith from Texas High play. Um, you know, let's start with Clayton Smith. He's a 2021 outside linebacker. I think he probably fits as a B-backer, could possibly move inside to play like Rover. Um, 
he's a really impressive athlete. He's kind of impressed me every time I've seen him. He did not do much on Friday night, and so he's kind of taken a step back in my mind. Um, as Texas High could not manage a, a really anything against a winless John Tyler team. Uh, I think that Smith is is a really he's probably about six foot three and a half, two fifteen, two ten, but he you know he just is not refined enough to use his hands to shed blocks and stay out of the wash and um, you know really put himself in a position to make plays. So uh, he needs to, a little more refinement on that front. But obviously you know Texas is still high on him and he's still high on them. Uh, with Keegan Crawford, I've always been impressed with him. I called I, – I mean, I think I told you, Bobby, in the spring, I was really – once I, I really dug into Keaton Crawford and watched his skill set and was able to see him live at a couple of events, I was really impressed that Texas made that early evaluation on him in the spring. And, um, you know, it came around when he started getting the attention he deserved uh, heading into the summer. He is just such a, a natural in coverage, and he doesn't even have – the, he hasn't really been taught the skill yet, but you know his feet are really good. His ball skills are really good. Um, his quickness is great. Uh, he he was pretty locked down at, at corner. Had an interception on the first drive of the game. Played a little running back. Played a little receiver. But is going to be, I think, a really really strong corner for Texas. A guy he reminds me of is Terrell Brown, who came out of uh, North Mesquite. Um, played running back, played corner, and, and kind of the same type of build, same type of, of, of playing style. And um, so I think uh, I think Texas really, really did a great job uh, early evaluating Keaton Crawford. That's an interesting comparison. Terrell Brown to this day is was one of the best corners at off coverage Texas has ever had. Absolutely phenomenal off coverage. He just he had a, a way of sticking his foot in the ground and being able to catch up. Uh, in quick space. Um, Mike, where are you going this week? This week I will be going to so Thursday night. I am going to uh, see Wiley and Lakeview Centennial. Lakeview Centennial, of course, is home to 2021 five-star running back Kamar Wheaton. Um, I'm I'm not as high on Wheaton as everybody is. I think that he is a he's a really toolsy guy, but I have yet to see a lot of natural running ability on film. I'm hoping he changes my mind on Thursday night. Um, I've seen him in a bunch of different settings, but I've never seen him in a live game setting. Um, so I'm excited to see that. Um, and I always try to go into those things with an open mind and, um, and, you know, hope that a kid, if I've got some knocks on him, can change my mind with them. Uh, on Friday night, I'm going back to East Texas. I just can't stay away. Uh, probably the best game of the year on my schedule is, is Carthage versus Texarkana Pleasant Grove. Um, we're talking about uh, Pleasant Grove, a team that has been to state the last two years, a Carthage team that has uh, won state two out of the last three years. So really a, a, a huge matchup. Uh, Pleasant Grove home to 2021 prospects, uh, Marcus Burris, uh, Landon Jackson, both those defensive linemen. Nick Martin, a linebacker and running back they have that Texas is really starting to pay attention to. A kid I really like also plays there for Pleasant Grove. And then on the Carthage side of the ball, Kelvante Dixon, the younger brother of Keontae Ingram. Um, really a, a, an interesting prospect. A, a receiver could play running back, could play corner. I think there's a, a few different positions he could play. He's currently committed to Arkansas. Um, and, you know, I, I watch, he was one of the guys I actually watched film of this week because – I've been lobbying for Texas to offer or to to go hard after Kelvante for quite a while back in the starting back in the really late last year after I first saw his footage from 
uh, when he returned from injury. And I just think that uh, I think the Longhorns, if if they don't pick up and and offer and really push for him, they're going to be losing somebody that I think could be a dynamic player for Texas. So I'll be interested to hear uh, what you have to say uh, once you watch him in person again this year, Mike. A uh, couple other couple other things I want to finish with, Mike. Um, still four spots available. Uh, one is thought to be for a linebacker, um, and then one for a wide receiver or two for wide receivers in this class still. I still think two. Um, after talking to sources, they're not out at all on Lorik Fungi. You know, they're they, the kid from Midland Lee, the wide receiver. Um, you know, they're they're still in on him. And I think if they could get him, they think his size and speed package is just too much to turn down at this point. Um, and then, like I said, there's a couple of, of irons in the fire behind the scenes for some names I can't really get into right now. Um, but uh, there's there's some options at the receiver position. I think two probably at minimum is what they take. And then, um, you know, Alfred Collins of the linebacker and maybe a corner. Um, and uh, of course it's also spots are going to depend on, you know, what happens with Josh Eaton and uh, if anyone else chooses to decommit or, or whatever the case. Gotcha. And Alfred Collins going anywhere for official visit this week or anything? No, I believe his last official visit that he has scheduled before Texas will be, uh, I don't, I think it's two weeks for the A&M Alabama game. Uh, he'll be at A&M. Um, he's already taken his trips to Oklahoma and Alabama. So he'll Texas basically just has to get through that A and M Alabama game, and then they'll get to host him when they when they play Kansas um, for his final official visit. Gotcha. Um, I tell you what, Mike, I appreciate your time this week. I, I think anything you want to add before we sign off here? Uh, no, I mean, I once again, I I would thank the people for for listening to our show. I think we've been having a lot of fun doing it. I like getting up early. And, well, this is early for me, Bobby. Is the the ten a.m. call. <laughs> Well, you work it. You work into the night, so I, I think it's totally understandable. Um, again, you can get storyline wise. Yeah, you can get the state of uh, recruiting. Oh, did you have something else, Mike? Yeah, I was just gonna say it's been so crazy storyline wise that I'm I'm looking forward to maybe when we can get into like a a little more of a downtime. I'd love to hear some some old recruiting stories from from your time when you were really deep into it. Oh, don't don't go there. I, that that would be. I I just turned fifty this year, Mike. So, let's be clear. <laughs> old is old, and I'm feeling old right now. Um, <laughs> the state of recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hook them. Also available on podcast as uh, another uh, really good uh, Longhorn podcast, and that's the Blitz, featuring our Jeff Howe at Horns twenty four seven. Uh, you can subscribe to any of these podcasts at 247sports.com forward slash podcast. Mike, thanks for your time and have a good week and I'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, Bobby. All right. Take care now.